So you stayed on Rocco, but you didn't stay till the end of Rocco. I remember I stayed till the end, 96. But you left before. I got and a it was a legend. There was a legend about you after you left. There was? Yes. What was the legend? That you were extremely rich now. <laughs> because, yeah, you left because... You oh, lived, I was rich. I sold yeah, a movie. You, yeah, you lived the dream of going to live action world, oh, which funny. is, you know, residual oh, country, you know, which we don't have in animation. So, oh, funny. So, plus, we're like, uh, there were figures, like, Martin made that much. No, he made that much. No, I already made that much. <laughs> and then, like, oh, I already, he co-wrote only. So, he only made oh, half of funny. that, you know. That's funny. So, what happened there? Like, you left because of that, right? You sold something? Well, the other person that, and it's all thanks to to Annette Van Duren, the other person that made my writing career, which was who was Andrew Lazar, who's who is still one of the best producers over at Warner Brothers. He has a housekeeping deal there. <clears throat> so Annette introduced me to him, and he liked my writing. I, I remember I was saying, you have to write spec scripts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I wrote a spec script for my favorite writer's novel, G.K. Chesterton, the British guy from the turn of the century. Yeah, uh, the Man Who Was Thursday. It's just one of my, oh, it, it was my, one of my favorite books. Mm. I mean, him and Shakespeare, you know, was the, were the funniest guys and the craziest writers, you know. <clears throat> I mean, people nowadays... I, People on No Shakespeare know that he's the craziest writer, but he was the fucking craziest. And so was um, uh, G.K. Chesterton. Uh -huh. So that I adapted it into a novel while my mother was dying, and the, the pages were soaked with tears because this is when you have to type scripts. Yeah. And I would just I flew back and I stayed in my old room. Just me and my dad, and my brother came back later. But, um, and Tom was a big influence. My brother Tom as well. He was the funny one of the family. He mm. taught me how to be think funny. I'll tell you some of this mm. stuff later. Yeah. But that script got me all this work at Warner Brothers because the man who was Thursday that script that adapt adaptation got me work writing. Uh, selling scripts to DreamWorks, mm -hmm. you know, and I sold so much. Rocky one Rocco? No, later, uh, right? Uh, well, I had to took it takes took me six months to write a script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm a slow writer, you know. I it took no, me but a while how did you learn. get that first one? That made you leave Rocco. Oh uh, well, I wrote tons of scripts. Yeah, and I was writing them at nights. Yeah, you know, when I wasn't working as a host or, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I finally, Andrew Lazar said, Lazar said, hey, why don't you adapt this? Because you adapted, I mean, it was Thursday, and it was, and he liked it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, why don't you adapt this, which is IQ83 by this guy, Herzog, Alex Herzog, I think. I'm sorry, I forget. Alex, or I forget your last name. So it was science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I made it like Dr. Strangelove, my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. And so then that sold to Spielberg. <laughs> I sold it to to DreamWorks. So and that with that money we bought a house. Oh, you know. So it's and not an I, option. The script was sold. Yeah, they bought the script. But I had other scripts option too. So I know. How so that was works. just you. You didn't co-write it. It was just you. Yeah. Yeah. 
so um but that's where you left you were like that's it Rich. well i couldn't i couldn't well plus that i was kind of written out mm -hmm. i mean joe and i talked a lot and he had steve hillenberg he says well, steve, i wanted to be head writer i said can you make me head writer he says well there's this other guy and nickelodeon want this other guy who happens to be one of the funniest writers ever what's his name who was head writer for the last I, I don't he has the hilarious wife and he, he wrote all of oh, oh my god yeah i don't remember i'm forgetting his name and he's one of my favorite comedy writers he wrote this short film called audition audition with his wife starring in it mm -hmm. it's hysterical what's his name i don't remember um only you you i'm so you're sorry that i forget I you know it's only because i'm old not because i don't love the guy yeah 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 but i uh, forget i haven't seen him in years but man was he funny <clears throat> so i didn't get that job so then i just sort of told joe i was work had this other gig mm -hmm. and i was written out anyways i'd already written so many stories I yeah, think I wrote yeah, a yeah, third yeah. of all the stories yeah. for Rockers of Life. And I think I did. I think I wrote mm -hmm. more than most. And and then um, went on to do those features. Yeah. So more than one? Yeah, a bunch of them. Wow. Because I, I needed know. to learn to do how to do it. So they were sold? Yeah. Wow. No, some were options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just never got, none of them got made. Yeah, that film was not made. Not then. one of them yeah. got made. So that was dissatisfying. So, mm -hmm. um, And it was before any of the stuff on the internet. There was no internet. So then I decided to write a book. Um, so I wrote this book. It took me 10 years to write because I was trying to learn how to be a joke writer. Mm -hmm. And it was called Encyclopedia of Hell. And so that... Andrew Lazar at Warner Brothers bought the book. Oh, what what year was that? Bef when were you were done? Two thousand. So you were done with the book or before? You were not completely done with it in two thousand, were you? I think I was. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <clears throat> I mean, it was a work in progress, and it's because it yeah, didn't yeah. get published till ten years later. Mm -hmm. But I did sell the film rights for like eighty grand. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like I was so lucky. I just lucked. I was the luckiest writer in the uh -huh. world. But I also was. I was lucky because I was an average writer mm -hmm. who wrote crazy shit. So sometimes when you write crazy stuff, it's easier because you don't have to deal with actual writing. <laughs> you don't have to be like Hemingway. You can uh. just be a crazy, juxt learn the art of juxtaposition that makes you makes me laugh, <clears throat> rather than learn how to be an artful writer. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that later, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was through trying to write poems. I wrote like 30 sonnets just trying to be learn how to be a writer because I was a Shakespearean, so I just loved that shit. I just couldn't write it, so I had to practice. Yeah. So none of the movies got made, and then I just ended up writing, getting other jobs on other animated shows. And I, while I was doing that, I wrote the book Encyclopedia of Hell. Mm -hmm. Andrew Lazar bought it, sold it to. Warner Brothers, <clears throat> and then that went through a bunch of. They got two top screenwriters to write the screenplay. <laughs> wow! And then on the final draft of it, they hired me to do the polish, which was so great. I wow. think that was like twenty-four. So there's a film grand. version of it somewhere written. Oh Could yeah, written? many drafts. 
I mean, IQ 83 has like 30 drafts. The oh. book, I had 30 drafts. You know, the Encyclopedia of L. I've got them Jeez. stacked up still in my storage space. God. <clears throat> How come it wasn't made after 30 drafts? Oh, no, no. Thir- oh. As a film. Third- no, no. The, uh, the, 30 the drafts of, of the book. What's the name of it? Uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm spacing. No, no. Um, IQ 83, sorry. Oh, IQ 83. You had 30 drafts of that? Well, that's because... How come it wasn't... When he asked me to do it, I had to do a take on it. I had to think of a take that would be... He said, I did so many drafts that suck so bad. And he liked my writing. He said, you have to... It, it was the most valuable thing anyone had ever said to me. I owe so much to Andrew Lazar. Mm-hmm. Nicest person, aside from being a genius, you know, genius producer. <clears throat> he said, Martin, this is this sucks. You have to own it. And I knew instantly what he meant. And it was a new thought to me because I'd never done that with these jobs trying mm-hmm. to write films. Excuse me. So, um, I owned it. I said, I'm going to do this like Dr. Strangelove for the millennium, you know, for the... Yeah. And, and that's what I did, and that's what sold. And once it sold, how come it wasn't made? What was the reason for it? It was serendipity. It was yeah. bad luck. Spielberg mm. said, this... Uh, 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 Dr. Strangelove is my favorite movie. And so we're thinking, yeah, so... Yeah. He says, so I don't want to do anything like Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> <laughs> so they shelved it, but I still got paid the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so you're writing a bunch of scripts now, like big movie scripts. You're yeah. not in animation anymore. So when did you get back to animation? Um, or you've always been a little... Stayed uh, in animation, or you still do comedy? When you write your scripts, you still write for comedians? Yeah. Early 2000? I did an hour. <clears throat> I did... Um, Kevin Pollack and I did stuff. And I did stuff with other comedians. Oh, Doug Lawrence, who was mm-hmm. also one oh, of the guys right, discovered yeah. by the yeah. great Joe Murray, who discovered mm-hmm. everybody, really. He's like the Cecil B. DeMille of animation. Mm-hmm. He's discovered all these people. that li- Every one of them had a big show. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> and I haven't even gotten to Dan and Swampy yet. Yeah. So, so you were working, but you didn't do any major. The, 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 the next time I worked with you was on Camp Laszlo, which is another Joe Murray Oh, show. yeah. That's right. <clears throat> that I was 2003. And I was so bad on that show, I just couldn't get really? in the mindset because it was for <clears throat> younger you, kids. <clears throat> what were you doing right before that? Joe finally said, dude, you're, you're, this is for little kids. <laughs> Well, but what that's were you when doing you and right I met before Kaz. that? Did you, yeah, did you did you work in any, another cartoon show right before that, or you were gone in the land of live action um, before that, two thousand one? Uh, yeah, two? I worked with uh, Tim Bjorklund, who oh. also was discovered by Joe. Yes, yes, yes. Were you at Disney on the show genius. he was doing? No, no. He, although I submitted some songs for it, mm-hmm. that's something else we haven't talked about. Because you and I wrote a bunch of songs together. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't say I wrote songs. But you yeah. and I wrote like four yeah. songs together. Yeah. So uh, for Disney. Yeah. So Tim Bjorklund hired me to be head writer with Jeremy Kramer because uh, I left out something that I, when, when I was 
writing with Don Gavin and met all the comedians in San Francisco in 1980 when I first came, before I even came to L.A., I just mm-hmm. stayed with comedians I met. One of them was Mike Pritchard, and the other was Kevin Meany. And Mike Pritchard's wife, Mary Jo Pritchard, ended up being my writing partner for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Kramer, who was a comedian in that group of 20 comedians for the San Francisco comedian competition in 1980 I saw Jeremy Kramer and he was the funniest comedian I'd ever seen he was like Andy Kaufman mm-hmm. I later found out that Andy Kaufman liked his act a lot oh yeah um I heard that from several people and then I asked Jeremy about it he says yeah he came up and complimented me once um but Jeremy Kramer then I said I, I, I'm in the audience and I, this guy blew me away it was the craziest stuff no transitions no jokes it just was all surreal, crazy shit. And with a little sound effect tape recorder you put up to the mic of scary music or of a, you know, military music or whatever, whatever the idiot bit would be of crazy juxtaposition and characters he would do, voices. And inappropriate uh, <laughs> screaming. And, uh, so I, I, right at that moment I said, i got to work with this guy. Somehow i got to work with him. And he and I ended up writing three shows together. Uh-huh. He and I were head writers for Fox's uh, um, c- Comic Strip Live, mm-hmm. which was a stand-up show that we did short video bits on, and we wrote the host's material. Mm-hmm. So he and I did two, worked for three different hosts on that show for Fox, and we met all the comedians from all over the country yeah. as a result of that show. Um, so even though I didn't work late night, I mean, I wanted to, but I just di- didn't and probably wasn't good enough at the time. <clears throat> I submitted to The Tonight Show, I submitted to some other stuff, but I didn't get the jobs. Yeah. Um, so you got back in animation with Tim Bjorglund somehow, right? I'm sorry, but I got we, distracted. No, 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 that's fine. It we was, knew him from Rocco. He was one of the storyboard directors on Rocco. He was one of the directors on Rocco, yeah. like Steve Hillenberg mm-hmm. and like Dan and Swampy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Swampy yeah. Marsh yes. was the director. So um, he hired me to do the Felix the Cat reboot. Oh, that's right. And From Roman. I said, Tim, I've been working. I just did Comic Strip Live and we did a couple other things with Jeremy Kramer, the funniest writer mm-hmm. I've ever worked with. And so he and I ended up as head writers for Tim. Oh, great. Yeah. And that was a film Roman mm-hmm. yeah. that was just starting to do uh, or already had the first season was done of The Simpsons mm-hmm. so in the same building was all the Simpson guys oh that's right yes it was taken away from Klasky Schuppel by Fox who, who used now film Roman to produce the show I didn't know that yeah yeah huh. Klasky did it for a few years and then they got to did you work something. on The Simpsons I did one design Huh. <laughs> when it was like because you worked on every show. No, I did. I did one design that was. I think, I don't think they took it. <laughs> huh. But I did one design, in between seasons of Rugrats. But you knew all those guys. I knew one or two guys there. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, um, so you worked on Tim's show. And that that went on for a while, like at least two seasons, right, or just one? Yeah, you know? two seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just worked on the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that right before Camp Laszlo, or there was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, maybe it was right. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so sorry, I don't have the time down. Yeah. So you kept in there. touch. You keep in touch with everyone. That's the thing. You kept well, in touch with Joe Murray. No, I, <coughs> no. Sure they do. No, no, I, I don't keep enough in touch with people. But you're the friendliest guy in the world. What are you talking about? That's okay. And, you uh, are. <laughs> Isn't he like soup the friendliest guy? No, no don't, please don't say. Unless you're on the wrong that. side. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Most people do. Uh, so, so you got in touch with Joe Murray, and you knew he was doing a new show. Yeah, you, I think oh, you told me. I asked him to try. You're the, you're the one who told me about I it. I asked him for work. Oh, and then I told you? Yeah, you told me. How funny. I think you told me. Yeah, I think that's how I got. Yeah. I and then you Joe and Kaz and ended up being yeah, partners. We met, we met on the show, yeah. And Kaz is one of the best mm -hmm. cartoonists and writers in, yes. in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, he's like Tony Millionaire level material. You know Robert Crumb level material, mm -hmm. so that's Kaz. So we were lucky to meet him, and you guys would always do pranks, <laughs> which I knew that were were motivated by you because you're the prankster. Yeah, because I was kind of an idiot. And but you so, had a you had a an office a desk right outside of our office. Yeah. So we would um, rig your computer. You know, on the Mac, you used to be able to. To record a voice like a warning thing when you type wrong instead of like a little beep, you could <clears throat> record your own voice. Oh yeah. So so I would record crazy stuff, and you would type so fast that thing would like every three seconds say, you know, hello big boy, hello big boy. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hello big boy, <laughs> or wrong wrong move big boy or something like yeah. that. And then you had it fix it, and the next day we recorded. <laughs> We recorded. I knew what you did, big boy. <laughs> doing that all the time. Yeah, but you didn't. Also, you didn't stay the whole time for for just like on Rocco. You didn't. No, stay because the whole I was time, bad right? at that job. Oh, you know, I mean, uh, what's her name? That really good writer. Uh, who's head writer? Meriwether. Yeah. Meriwether Williams. She. Yeah. Meriwether was. I mean, patient with me, but I just. <clears throat> it was a younger show, and mm -hmm. I just wasn't good at it. And so, you can do crazy stuff huh? in there. You couldn't do much crazy, crazy things in there. Well, I think I could have because you guys all did crazy stuff. No, you and Kaz did crazy, crazy things. I just didn't have something didn't click with me, and I think because I had such good experience with Joe before, mm -hmm. I thought it was the same experience. Yeah, and it of was course, a different yeah. type of show because mm -hmm. he had since had little kids, mm -hmm. so he was writing that show for his little kids. And yeah, he told me he says this, it has to be softer. Yeah. So what did you do right after this? Right after the Cartoon Network thing? Uh, did you start I, it back on your book? I think your book came out not that long <coughs> after, right? That was 2003 or something. The book came out 10 years later. <clears throat> oh, geez. Yeah, okay. And there was all <clears throat> the ballyhoo about that because of the because Warner Brothers bought the rights to it. Mm-hmm. So it just was all, it was luck it was lucky 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 luck just in the right place right time. So after Laszlo, did you work in animation? <clears throat> and a hard worker. Right so away, or you went back to comedy and live action. I after can't Laszlo, remember. You know, yeah, two thousand three, four. Because I, oh, Doug Lawrence and I. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. Oh, Doug yeah. Lawrence and I, who's one of the funniest writers <clears throat> I've ever met. I mean, he's there's nobody like him. He would write the craziest stuff. He was like Andy mm. Kaufman, as an animator. So he was more like a John Kay, if, if John Kay was sane, you know? Uh, uh, 
Doug Lawrence is the sweetest guy ever and uh, a very funny in person mm -hmm. and a, an unbelievable voice actor. He's just so talented mm -hmm. and one of the funniest writers. I just read a new script he did called Cackle. I mean, he's, that he rewrote and it's just masterpiece writing. It's so hilarious and crazy. Um, but Doug and I got together and figured out this show with giant puppets. Mm -hmm. And we did it for FX, I think it was FX. And sold the pilot. And then now, it, was that during Rocco? Or right after Rocco? I after. Think? Because he left for that. He left was, to do that it show. Was well, yeah, it was after. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so fun, such a learning experience with with Doug and also my you know I forgot to tell you another influence when I was a little kid I used to stay up late and this comes in here with Doug's show when I was a kid uh, I used to stay up late to sneak up to watch the Tonight Show mm -hmm. because I wanted to be a comedy writer after I you know because of yeah Dick Van Dyke and then uh, Andy Kopp seeing him <clears throat> so I'd look for the names of the writers on the Tonight Show as it scrolled at the uh. end and write them down. Huh. And I saw this one guy's name at the end of different comedy shows, Mickey Rose. And then I saw uh, Take the Money and Run, Woody Allen's first movie. Uh -huh. And it was by him oh. and Mickey Rose. I said, wow. And so then at the second movie, Bananas was also mm -hmm. him and Mickey. So then I saw, and then I saw a movie called Student Bodies that Mickey Rose wrote and directed. And it just was the fun. So I just, I wanted to be Mickey Rose. Oh, I see. So by an odd circumstance, um, both of our, Kay and I were an infertile couple and we ended up adopting two kids at birth. Mm -hmm. The birth mothers lived with us. It was all under the table. Uh, and um, uh, Mickey Rose was... Uh, especially attracted to helping me because I was a new father and he liked the story of us mm -hmm. having succeeded because of my wife because it came so it was a personal connection yeah and he also knew that he, I, I wasn't he was my idol because mm -hmm. I met him through Joe Flood which which is a whole other thing <laughs> that I met through Michael Pritchard and Mary Joe Pritchard but Joe Flood knew everybody and he introduced me he was a driver he was a driver of limos for all the stars. So he knew everybody. And he knew who was Big Teppers and who was an idiot. <clears throat> so he introduced me to Mickey Rose. He introduced me to Ray Bradbury. Wow. He was Ray's driver. So as a result of Joe, I ended up going bowling with Ray Bradbury and talking about writing with him. One of the great thrills ever. He was hysterical, by the way, Ray Bradbury. Oh, oh my God. Um... So where Did you read I? these stories? Like he used to have lunch with Disney. What? In his office. No way. Sandwiches. Yeah, for, for a long time. Get in out. The 60s. In the 60s. He met Disney at a store. I'll tell you later. Yeah. Wow. He met Disney at a store for Christmas and he ended up um, going to the office and have sandwiches with more <laughs> Like once a week or something. Yeah. 